0: Uncovering your truth and fire, one conversation at a time. This is the Spitfire Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Spitfire Podcast. I am joined today by the pumped up Emma G. She just came from a workout and she is uh, fueled with muscles and vocal prowess and all of the good stuff, the energy. She doesn't need protein shakes. She doesn't need any supplements because she's just packed with all that energy and goodness. Emma G, welcome. What an introduction. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she is literally sitting in front of me with her New Zealand beanie and her, her muscle tank that says superhero Emma G music. So I'm assuming she's selling those. Um, you got to be all decked out with the promo gear. Done. it's done. It's,
1: it's a really good top to... Workout, and that's
0: all it is. It's, it's just about the workout, uh, I'm sure. I mean,
1: no, for real. <laughs> it was the first thing I grabbed. Um, but yeah, they are based around my my one of my first singles, superhero.
0: Well, we we got to go into this, son. I mean, you're wearing the phrase superhero. So, what is your superpower?
1: So the song was written originally as a challenge to America slash the world to be your own kind of superhero, to choose love and compassion over bigotry, racism, and sexism. Uh, So it's a very politically charged Uh t-shirt. But my personal superpower is obviously music and, you know, solving the world's problems through song.
0: Through song. (laughs) Yeah. So rather than having, you know, a cape or one of the, what is it, the scepter? Um, I should have a scepter. You should have is. a That'd scepter. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. What, what color would your scepter be? Red. Red. Without okay. a doubt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> so you've got the tanks. You've got your New Zealand beanie. So if you couldn't pick up, uh, Emma, you are from New Zealand. I am. No yeah. way. I know. <laughs> it's like the
1: accent did not give it away.
0: <laughs> she, she's totally giving me all of her fun facts in her wardrobe, which is always helpful as a host rather than me relying on my notes. I try to
1: help. I try to help. That's a teamwork thing.
0: Yes, indeed. So this is the Spitfire podcast, and you were one of the first people that I thought of to be on this show. I'm super pumped. So what do you envision as the Spitfire? The
1: Spitfire. So I feel like that term has so many different reasons or definitions, I guess, depending on what culture you come from. Mm-hmm. Spitfire in in New Zealand, it's like, it's one of those things of you all sit around, get really drunk, and talk about solving the world's problems. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was the answer you were looking
0: for. That, and but, I, didn't even, I didn't even think of it. But <laughs> yeah. That's... So from a
1: cultural perspective, um, like, you know, you sit around the, the bonfire or the spitfire or whatever, and you just... Solve the world's problems and eat lots of
0: food. So the Spitfire is the is the central location. Yes. So people who sit around the fire are they then Spitfires or Spitfirees? Yes. Yes. Interesting. There you go. Because there's the there's the connection to planes. There's a Spitfire car. But I, I was always called a spitfire growing up, and it was this definition that I kind of grabbed onto, which is like doing what you feel passionate about and not making any apologies or excuses about, and see, just I going don't like for it. that's my
1: definition, but it's such an American definition. It totally is. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that's just a perspective thing, but
0: I, I, I totally, I'm down with that. But know? it makes, but I see the feeding evolution your, from yours of like, yeah,
1: feeding your your buzz around the fire, and then. Um, humanizing that and putting it into action. Yeah. From from conception to,
0: to uh, what is it? Execution? Execution. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. We're going to do project management here. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it's like, in your definition, it starts as a communal identity and discussion and, and kind of motivation. And then in my definition, it's an internal process of this inner purpose that you then share with community to connect others. Right.
1: I think again like that could be a cultural thing though because like in New Zealand um, a lot of the internal drive comes from community ah. and so when when you sort of you create these ideas and these uh, missions if you will um, it's a lot of it comes from like how can we do this as a team how can we do this and, and you know delegate certain things to different people to make the vision a reality. Interesting. Yeah. So that's whereas I think the American idea is more like I can do everything myself. Yeah. I am boss, which I totally am. Do not get me wrong. But you know, it's just a matter of um, you know balancing.
0: Yeah. That. So how do you balance those two cultures of being from New Zealand and now living in the States? Oh my gosh,
1: it's been a roller coaster of two. Years. Tell me more. You know <laughs> uh, just because. Um, I've always, my my mother's from America, which is how I managed to be here um, legally, Um, you know, so I'm a dual citizen, she's from Pennsylvania, and um, so I've always been raised kind of by the American standard of, you know, what it means to be ballsy, no apologies, which are very foreign concepts to New Zealand, um, generally speaking. Whereas, so, and then, you know, you balance that out with the community aspect of things and the forever wearing rose-tinted glasses, which I always do, because life is beautiful and we should never take them off. Um, But, so balancing it has been, like, this weird juxtaposition of trying to, like, balance the more hippie lifestyle Mm -hmm. with the more driven lifestyle, Mm -hmm. Um, and trying to get my head around the financial uh, attitudes of America mm-hmm. compared to New Zealand's she'll be right kind of attitudes when it comes to... So what was
0: that? She'll be right. She'll be right. Yes. Like you'll be okay? Yeah.
1: Like whatever people can afford, we're good. It's all good. It's all good. It's you know? better. Which is totally one of, like, one of the massive things that I do in my, with my business here. And people are just like, what do you mean, pay what I want to pay? Yeah. What, 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 how much is it? And I'm like, what, what do you want to pay? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's, I, I'm having to sort of uh, create, and I think that's one of the things with the arts, is you always have to recreate and create your own rules and kind of make your own little haven of, of business, mm-hmm. however you want it to look like. Um. I just have a very different way of looking at things because I come from this country that's, you know, we speak the same language, we, we work the same way economically. However, our uh, spiritual and um, social ways of looking at things can be quite different.
0: Yeah, that yeah. must be challenging at times.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I get it. it I mean, be. it's it's like being you're going along and everything looks like it's normal and as it should be, but you feel that tinge inside you of like something doesn't feel quite right. Yeah,
1: actually, that's a a really good way of putting it. I I often find I have these little uh, episodes, I guess, since living in America, where I just kind of have these little freakouts, like, "What am I doing? Am I doing the right thing?" Mm-hmm. Um, that means that means you're
0: doing the right thing, by the way. Oh, thank you.
1: I freaking hope so. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you why in a little bit, but that's
1: okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'm I'm constantly questioning myself, and then I have these little like mental barriers of: Is it a cultural thing? Is it because you know the the traction that I? Um, not not just attraction but like the way of doing business or the way of doing the arts or the way of just executing life Mm -hmm. um you just sort of have these little freak outs of like it's not going how i imagined it would go or i you know the the speeds at which things go in new zealand are very different to here and it Often taken a complete immature trajectory because this country is so crazy compared to New Zealand, crazy in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like you can make a, a living as a full-time social media person a lot easier in this country mm-hmm. than you can in a place like of New Zealand, like like New Zealand that has a total of four and a half million people. Right, it's a tiny country. Um, so yeah, it's just the, the, all these kind of balancing equations. Yeah, that's all it is. Well, it's, it's interesting because there's
0: there's two very like defined pieces of you, but instead of like, I'm going to offer something up for you. So okay. rather than you seeing... Hit me with the knowledge <laughs> bomb. Truth bombs. Yay. Um, instead of you seeing it as, you know, is this the, the New Zealand Kiwi side of me or is this the American side of me? I almost feel like you need a reintegration of almost like the United Zealand and creating your own culture instead of trying to figure out how you teeter-totter around it. So if you can pull the pieces of your creative side, of your business side, of your relationship side, of your independent and confident side, and setting your own rules rather than saying, does this fit here or not? And just trusting that that is inherently you.
1: Word. I, like, and I, th- I think that's one of the things that I've been trying to... You you, you put that so succinctly and so beautifully. I wish I'd... Thought <laughs> like, I, I, the kind of... the One of the... One of the struggles because I'm not just from New Zealand. My dad's from Fiji. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum's father was from Iran, so his family is in LA, and my mum's mum's family is from Norway. They're in Iowa. You know, like so. are global. I'm, a glo- I'm global, but so it's not just United Zealand; it's United Nations of yeah. some sorts. But um, the way that you, you put that, it, it makes a lot of sense to you know to me. Mm-hmm. But on a on an aesthetic level, you know, people. People tend to like boxes, you know. But you're not a box. Nobody is. No one's a box. No one's a box, and yet we still struggle to perceive each other in these boxes. Why
0: do you think people are so surprised when I get up on stage and rap?
1: Right. Because I I don't fit their box. Amazing. Let's be honest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. Is like this is this is where you can have fun with this because they're expecting one box, and you're like, no, I'm just gonna bust the walls out of these right right now. And
1: I mean, that's exactly what I did with with my debut album. It's just you know. And people looked at me and thought, "Okay, you're this a is what hip-hop girl, or you're a an R&B chick, or whatever." And the first thing, you sound a lot like Lanzmara Set. Mm-hmm. And I do not look anything like Lance Morissette. No. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's you know other
0: strains of whatever.
1: It's, yeah, United Zealand. I like that.
0: United Zealand, mm-hmm. or United Nations, or I dig United MJ. You know. It's it, <laughs> but but I think it it, it comes into play with a lot of people in business, a lot of people as musicians of who am I in comparison to, how should I do this? And actually when I was talking to Jenny Hill on a couple episodes ago, we talked about shooting all over people. Um, So whether we're shooting on ourselves by looking at how other people are running their businesses or how we should be running our business, if you know what is inherently right for you, what is stopping you from just full out trusting yourself and being patient?
1: Yeah. Patience. Patience. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the American side coming out. <laughs> Immediate or the guns and
1: roses or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> something happening. Yeah. No, so not... so what do you know inherently tr- to be true about yourself?
1: I'm a conglomeration of oxymorons. That's always been one of my catchphrases. What does that mean? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> no. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's about... I'm a huge believer in trusting my gut, which is a very uh, non-conformist way of looking at life. Mm-hmm. You know, I moved here in two, at the end of, two, well, I decided to move here at the end of 2014, moved here in 2015 based on my gut, literally. What
0: was that moment? Take me back there.
1: Uh, the election happened in New Zealand. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And I thought, well, I've already, you know, done so much in New Zealand, my band pathetic era reached the charts we released eight singles i was the new zealand ambassador for tough Mutter. um back to the sweaty clothing right now Ugh, sorry <laughs> um i you know and i was the new zealander of the year local hero award recipient um, which was awesome and i just got to the point where i was like well i need to challenge myself everybody from new zealand tends to go to either australia or uh england mm-hmm. Neither of those options appealed to me. I'm a dual citizen. I'll go. And the way that I ended up in D.C. was again by following my gut. Uh, a girlfriend of mine were, and I were on a road trip to Indiana um, and we broke from, from Massachusetts. Um, we broke down in New York State um, and after being propositioned by our uh, tow truck driver for inappropriate oh, activities um, We ended up being picked up by her friend who lived in Baltimore. He brought us back to D.C. We were stuck here for four days, and I ended up having a random conversation with some ex-gang members about their life in the hood and how music changed their lives. I went busking, doing some street performance, made a few dollars, thought, hey, I could do this, uh, and moved here. So thank God your car broke down. (laughs) Right, right. But yeah, and then... The rest was my gut. It was just, it was kind of. How much of it is gut, and how much do you think it was fate? I don't. Well, I think they play hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I think if you, there are. The, I have. I. i constantly debated with these these things. There is an argument that, um, and I posted about this today on Instagram. There is an argument that the present, all like the present is inevitable. You know, we are meant to be right where we are since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one argument. The other argument is every decision you make spurs on another possible eventuality. And I, so I think it's kind of a bit of both of those things. So Some of it's gut, some of it's... I think your gut
0: is... I'll give you my take on it. I okay. think your gut is picking up on fate. Your gut picks up on whatever is, like, being shot out outside of yourself that is actually part of yourself.
1: That makes sense. It's
0: the signal. Because otherwise you're, like, going through the motions and thinking life is happening to you. But your gut is the reminder that it's all as it should be and it's meant to be.
1: Truth bomb. Truth bomb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When Emma goes silent, we know that there's a truth bomb happening. I'm like, the
1: tick, 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 process, process, done.
0: Truth bomb. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, like, so when did you start feeling that, that gut knowing in your life?
1: I don't think it, you mean like in terms of life in general?
0: Yeah, when did you start trusting your gut? I
1: think I had to... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think I had to start trusting my gut from a very young age because of my health problems. And I had to trust that I just... My body and my... My brain and my spirit, and my soul, would carry on fighting because I was here for a moment, for a reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, How old were you? I was. Well, I mean, that I've had health problems as I was four months, mm-hmm. four months old. Wow. Um, but I think the real okay uh, to get deeper, meaningful. Um, that minute I started trusting my gut. I was homeless. Um, I'd been kicked in a home and. For reasons that I totally deserved, Um, and wasn't quite sure what I was doing, or who I was, or what my purpose in life was, or whatever. Um, And well, mentally, I had no idea. Um, And it was walking the streets late at night that I kind of my gut was just like, okay, time to listen to me now. Let's let's work on this. Um, And so that's when I really decided that I wanted to you know do music full time and. Um, these were obstacles that would feed the fire and um, spur me on in a forward trajectory Mm -hmm. and um, yeah
0: so would you say that was like your rock bottom moment without a doubt yeah
1: it's Um, it's interesting
0: because like I hear it time and time again like there's some pivotal moment that happens where you are no longer able to ignore the inner voice and your gut
1: absolutely absolutely yeah um, I'd been through I was 15 I'd been through some um, horrendous uh, circumstances um, events I should say and um, so I mean there, there were, it was just like a climax, you know, mm-hmm. climactic eventuation of events um, that just kind of hit me and then I ended up homeless and um, I was a recovering drug, at, drug addict at the time and mm-hmm. um, yeah so it kind of just happened. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It was meant to happen at that point, but you had to learn the lessons isn't to appreciate is isn't it? <laughs> you aren't ready until yeah. you're ready. Yeah. And then and and people try to force the process of like I'm ready now, and it's like you're not ready because and I put this in an Instagram post. It's like when the opportunity is right, it will present itself. When the mm-hmm. time is right, you will know. Mm-hmm. But if you try to force it before you're ready and you've done the work on yourself, it's not about the external stuff. But when you're open to receive the change, it'll be ready for you. Word. Totally. Mine happened a little bit later at 31, but...
1: <laughs> I mean, it took, you know, I was 15 a while ago, so it's yeah. still, a, you know, still a process, and um, I mean, I didn't move to America till I was 25.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but that set the stage for you to start really investing yourself into music and, and digging in, because your songs are not surface level. They're not, you know... I went to the store and bought some gum. That, that's I mean, my version of gum is important. Yeah, she did go to the store and buy some sun chips. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I got some cinnamon gum too. She oh, did, but she's not going to write a song about it. Um, but you're not—you're not doing these surface-level songs. You're getting really guttural and real about it, and you can hear that in the way that you perform it.
1: Thank you. I, it's my 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 partner and I talk about it all the time. Like it's one—it's a conversation I have with a lot of my friends yourself included you know we need in order to to really develop and grow and push yourself you need to allow yourself to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and one of the best ways to do that is then to allow your other people to be vulnerable so um you know for me writing music it's not just an opportunity for me to be like hey i'm going through some stuff let me talk to you about it but it's also an invitation to people to you know share that journey with me yeah um because we've all We've all been through stuff, you know. We've all we've all felt scared, yeah. heartbroken, um, riled up, aggressive, passionate. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of personifying that and um, you know being able to connect on that level. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I don't know about you, but I feel most energized when people drop their guard with me and they finally get real when I know they've been holding back.
1: It's a thing. I- it's a blessing and a curse, because I'm one of those people... Are you a sponge? I'm, I'm not, not just I'm a sponge, but like people meet me and immediately, yeah. it's a word vomit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is great, because it means that, you know, they, obviously they've been holding this in for a long time. Yeah, but the
0: emotional funk in, that they yeah. leave on you, yeah. There's, there's some tools and tactics that I learned in coaching that I can share with you, but a mm-hmm. lot of it is is to have um, detached engagement. So where you are hearing them, you're acknowledging and validating them, but you're not going into their story. Mm. Because what happens is people who do that are chronic dumpers. um, And you think that you're of service to them by listening and to taking it on, but they're doing that all across the land. And if you become that receptacle, they will keep coming back. And actually the best place is to be like, I acknowledge and validate you for where you are. And when you're ready to shift and get out of this, I'm here for you, but I can't be involved in in your storyline.
1: Yeah. Which is tough because when you're an artist, it's like, how do you how do you do that without coming across
0: as cold? Cold. It's it's a balancing act, but it's understanding for you where your line is, where your boundary is. Yeah. Because your way of connecting is not having to take that on. It's just being you and being present. But it's almost like you have to keep that little, like, inch to two inch buffer with people. Because once they cross your personal space and they get into your personal zone, then it's complete boundary violation. And they don't even realize they're doing it. Mm. But whether it's a time limit or it's just like, I'm starting to feel emotionally drained, I need to come up with something to get me out of this right now, then it's okay for you to pull the lever. That's cool. Yeah. So it's you policing yourself. Because... You will constantly attract people in like this. Mm. It's just who you are, it's who I am. Um, I've been doing this for a while of knowing when to serve people and when um, I need to step away. But it, it is training because otherwise you will keep going down this circuitous path of like, I feel so energized by helping you, but now I'm completely depleted.
1: depleted. Yeah. It's, it's like the whole thing of you know, you can't give anybody any petrol. Gas, sorry. <laughs> what country am I Petrol in? gas. <laughs> Petrol gas. That's
0: for your car, people. Yes. <laughs> you
1: can't give anybody gas if you don't have any yourself. If your tank is empty, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and I've, I'm a really bad, uh, in fact, for the last few months, actually, I've been really drained of my own resources. Mm-hmm. So I've not just been really, you know, doing what you're saying, but I've literally shut myself off. And but I've that also doesn't serve you. That. No, it hasn't. No. <laughs> so I, I've recently um, come back. I mean, when I got back from New Zealand, um, it was a case of, because I was on tour, um, I got back and I did 15 shows my first two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then it was more and more, more and more and more and more. So all yeah, my free output. time was spent just trying to input in private. Yeah. Um, and it's only recently been uh, in the last three weeks that I've actually started energetically mm. energetically
0: refueling myself. I was I was happy to see you transition out of it. I remember seeing you at the end of your oh my goodness of your extended you depletion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw Emma. She was coming and she was doing a show with my boyfriend in Annapolis and I just saw the look on her face and I just gave her a hug because <laughs> I'm like, you need this. You're not asking for it, but I'm giving it to you. <laughs> You're a
1: goddess. I know this. I know this. And you know what? The next day I wrote my first song in, in months. Wow. Um you know, so it's again, it's just that energetic sort of decision of right now. It's time to refuel. Now it's time to, so to what, feed my soul.
0: What refuels and feeds your soul?
1: Uh, meditation, mm-hmm. um, lifting weights actually yeah helps exponentially. Um, a lot of just mindfulness, mm-hmm. and uh, so my partner and I have started every night um, before we go to bed. We'll say what we're grateful for mm-hmm. um, just in that day. And it might be the cheesiest thing of like, I'm really grateful for cinnamon gum because it <laughs> tastes good and it's great songwriting material. No. Um, but, you know, like just silly yeah. things. Um, and it's just, it gives you an opportunity to just be like, okay, so it might have been a stressful day. But there's so much to be grateful for. So much. So I guess to the point where I'm just like, I'll start saying something and I'll say something else. He's like, Emma, you only need to say one thing. I'm like, but, but I'm there's so out. many things. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. yeah. I just had a session with, with one of my business clients and I always know that something's going on underneath when people are only f- focusing on the tactics of their business because no. I know that they're projecting and not paying attention. And what I realized about myself through my clients, and this is typically what happens, is when I'm not taking care of myself and I'm feeling drained and tired is when all of that negativity and self-doubt can come in. Um, so I, had, I have this awesome shitless journal, and I was really diligent about it, and I looked back and I hadn't put anything in it for a month. A shitless journal. An awesome shitless journal. Tell me more about the old shitless journal. The awesome shitless journal, <laughs> I, I make them for my clients, and they're for sale now, but it's a journal that is only meant – for your good things so a lot of times your journal becomes like the dumping ground for your worries and woes right. and it becomes a negative like regeneration of you know i don't know what's going to happen i'm so worried blah, blah 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 and you almost avoid it so all of the information stays in your head and it festers right so this is the place of pause for you to capture all of the awesome shit you have going on and it's the I place it. to pick up the book and remind yourself that you're up to big things and this is one stumble or one opportunity for you to reflect. And maybe that's what you need by that pause. Yeah. But with my client today, you know, we were on the phone for 90 minutes and and it was probably in the last 20 minutes that we had a breakthrough because she acknowledged that when she's feeling good and she's taking care of herself, her business thrives and all of these distractions and tactics were only making her more tired and frustrated. It's amazing. She's like, so what do I do? And I said, you stop, get off the hamster wheel and go for a walk. It's that simple. Stop doing what's making you miserable and just take a break. Go it's have real. a glass of water. Go get some cinnamon gum. <laughs> but but as, as a business owner, anyone in business, anyone serving people, moms, dads, like caretakers, you have to take care of yourself. We all do. And we become so fixated on taking care of others, what other people think of us, that we're at the bottom of the priority list. And we can't take care of people when we're not taking care of ourselves. And it is this cyclical, like, hamster wheel of, like, self-doubt and funk once you're not taking care of yourself.
1: I was just literally having lunch with a, with a friend of mine uh, this afternoon, and I literally said the same thing to him. Isn't it funny that we often say these things and don't take our own advice? What we do best we're, for others, yeah. we suck at doing for ourselves. Yeah, for sure, So I, So sure.
0: this is why the podcast is amazing for me, because I listen back on it, and I've learned so much – just from the conversations that I've had with guests, mainly from my conversations with them, and I'm like, wait, I said that? That's pretty cool. You know, it's the
1: same thing with songwriting. Yeah. So, like, that song, Be Brave, um, mm-hmm. on my album, I don't know if you remember it, it's the piano ballad, I think yes. it's track number three. Um, it's this one song that, like, people have just gravitated towards. I wrote that song for myself mm-hmm. in the woods of Connecticut, um, because i just decided to move to washington dc and i was shitting myself mm-hmm. and literally so i wrote this song as like this little mantra to myself of like you you'll be fine you'll be fine god damn you'll be fine Yeah, <laughs> like, um, and yeah then you you learn you listen back to it and you're just like wow i wrote that how did i know how did you know how did i yeah. find that of truth and amongst all the doubt
0: there (laughs) well that's that's why recording is so important yeah without the judgment and expectations like just put a mic in front of you just set up your phone and have a conversation with someone and then listen back on it because you have all of the answers within yourself but you need to
1: literally like make sure that it's okay with them right
0: you don't publish it without their permission (laughs) but for you i mean if you if you know that you give really good advice and this is actually a good piece of advice Record yourself talking to your friend. Um, they have this great MP3 recorder on Skype. So have like a Skype call with your friend and then listen back on it. So whether they're talking to you or you're talking to them, whoever inspires someone, whether it's you or someone else, listen back on it. Because it, when it becomes an outside party, we're much better at listening to it rather than it coming from ourselves. That's funny. Isn't that funny? Bizarre. But you can become your own coach. I mean, I'm probably putting myself out of business, but um, you have all the answers, So, when you focus on the problems, you know the problems, but the great thing is you know the solutions. But we're probably avoiding doing the things that we need to do. Mm -hmm. So, what are those things you're avoiding doing?
1: I, you know what? um, And and again, you have been really instrumental in helping me work through this mentally, even though you and I have only briefly touched on this topic (laughs) once, I think at a show months ago. a big thing that I'm str- I've been struggling with is putting, uh, giving myself value, I'm mm. I mean, acknowledging that value, and figuring out because one of the reasons why I we call the term koha cool in New Zealand, mm-hmm. where it's like pay hey, what you feel is fair or whatever. I realized recently a reason why I do that is because I don't know what I'm worth.
0: Mm. So where does value come from?
1: I don't know. Interesting. That is the million dollar question. And I, I think Are you worth a million dollars? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I, I think a big part of it um, has been like growing up in, in, in New Zealand, yeah. which is a very liberal country and a very very forward thinking country. But the music industry industry is very male dominated. Yeah. So being a woman in the industry has been a little bit difficult. Right. Um, I'm, which is one of the reasons why I'm stoked that people like Lord have come out of the woodwork and mm-hmm. been like kicking ass, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, being a female creator mm-hmm. is, is what I'm making good enough f- compared to my male counterparts, Yeah, you know. So that's been a, a question that I've been meditating do you, on. Do you want some
0: suggestions around yes, that? always. So I think because of your cultural... Reference point that you almost need to be doing more market research in the states since that's where you're playing in music. Mm. So, looking at not what men and women are charging, but what are artists in general charging in the DC area and what what do you aspire to do and to be? Mm. Have conversations with people. What are they charging for gigs? What's a normal bar gig? How much should you be charging for merch? And CDs. So when you can be objective about it and look at what the going market rate is, then that becomes the, the qualifier rather than it coming from you and what you think people will pay right. and getting into their stories. Because that's very much the caretaker about you. It really but you're is. providing a service. You're <laughs> providing goods. This is your craft. Yeah. And people want to pay and support you, but it also puts them in an awkward spot of like, I, this is a foreign concept to me and is there judgment in how she thinks I value her? So if you set a price based on the research you've done, you take away all of that background information and storytelling or assumptions and just say this is what I'm worth and this is what I want. That's a good way to put it. But reverse engineer, where do you want to be at the end of 2018? How many gigs does that look like? How much do you need to make busking? What do your sales look like in CDs? What are your expenses? Be really objective about it. Get out of the feeling of the business. The feeling side is the music side, but you've got to use your logical side. It's
1: a battle. It's always been a battle. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, for every, any creative to be, sure. you know, to be objective about your, your art is just one of those struggles.
0: But I also but, think that's a limiting belief and it's a cop-out. You think so? I absolutely do. Okay. I, think, I think everybody I, you know, has worries. it in them. They're just afraid to tap into it because of what it means for them.
1: Interesting. And you can okay.
0: disagree with me, but I think... No, I,
1: I think you're... I, I, I recognize that I've been limiting myself for a long time. hmm um, I guess it's been a case of figuring out how to break out of those limitations mm-hmm. um, and use what can be conceived as, or perceived sorry as a limiter to the benefit you know to the benefit.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so what would be a limiter to the benefit?
1: So what I mean by that is I have often. Um, like like the example of being a female artist mm-hmm. um, and whether or not that uh, limits me in terms of my audience or in terms of my whatever mm-hmm. uh, messaging um, and yet I come to find that most of my like over 60% of my audience is male mm-hmm. um, So how you know like there is a positive in that in the way that I, I can now, use my female voice Mm -hmm. to reach an audience that previously might not you know we already think of as listening to people like metallica or whatever you know yeah does that make sense totally using those um yeah inhibitors as strengths
0: yeah well and that's actually what i use with my clients is whatever you think is holding you back how could you reframe it into a strength Mm -hmm. and lead with it if you're showing up as this powerful source of storytelling and songwriting, and then you're like, "Yeah, whatever you want to do, on my price," that shows this this contrast of like, does she really trust herself? Is this real? Is this authentic? Then, or is this just a, a projection of who she wants to be in this song? Mm. You see that contrast and no, conflict. Invalid, valid, valid. So, like, you're you're showing up as such a strong presence, but this internal value piece is making you rocky. Like, once you can get that rock solid and have that echo the voice that you have coming out, then it's dynamite. So we've been chatting, holy crap, for 42 minutes. Seriously? Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Time flies and having fun.
0: Seriously, when you're talking about shit that matters. (laughs) Yeah. So if you could send a message back to, let's say, 12-year-old Emma G, what would you say to her?
1: Believe in yourself. Forget the nice eyes. You're beautiful enough. You're smart enough put the work in but uh don't ever try and objectify yourself or allow yourself to be objectified and believe that you are good enough in every aspect not just musically yeah that's awesome
0: i feel like we all needed to hear that in our 12 year old self yeah
1: Yeah, Or in our 30-year-old selves. Yeah, we're reminding ourselves now. 60-year-old selves.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to soundbite that and feel free to replay it for yourself every day. Believe in yourself. (laughs) Yes, you are enough. All right, cool. So if people want to check out your music, if they want to see you play, where do they go? Of course. So do various things
1: with various wonderful musicians around the DMV area. Um, But you can check everything out. Are regularly updated on my website emmagmusic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Patreon, um, every other flipping website type platform, platform. <laughs> uh, and everything is Emma G Music. The album is called Taking Flight, it is on iTunes, Spotify, Bandcamp, so on and so forth, and again, it's Emma G Music. Awesome. MG, thank you so much for joining
0: me today. (laughs) And for all of the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome. If you'd like to spit some fire and be a guest on the Spitfire podcast, visit www.spitfirepodcast.com and keep being awesome.